Good evening, Family Church Waterside, and welcome to another um, Sunday Night Local. Um, really looking forward to sharing the Word of God with you uh, this evening. I believe that God's going to speak, um, speak into your hearts and speak into your lives uh, tonight. But yeah, it's great to have you with us, whether you're watching this live or watching it later on Catch Up. Um, yeah, it's great that we're able to connect um, in this way. And yeah, I believe God's really going to yeah just challenge us and um, encourage us and all the amazing things that the Word of God does um praise god so i'm just going to give you uh, to give people a bit of time to uh, just to connect and to um, join in tonight um but yeah of course we're very much praying for you all um as we as myself and wendy have been um right throughout this whole um uh time period that we found ourselves in we're praying for you all and just believing for god's best um in your lives and believing for god's blessing and favor and peace and protection um just and just his peace during this time as well too you know that's all we staying connected there's lots kind of going on church wise and let's yeah, be connecting with all those different things that are going on just wanted to mention just a few a uh, few different things um so next sunday night um on the 13th of december and um, isn't a sunday night local because we've got our own streamed waterside uh, christmas service next week and that's gonna i sent out an email about this and text as well um so that's gonna be six o'clock uh, next week be instead of sunday night local um it's not it's a Christmas service that we can all attend um, in, on this, in this particular occasion. Um, but we're, so we're going to stream it. It'll be six o'clock stream from Hyde uh, URC, um, and yeah, it's going to be great. We have carols that you can join in with, and I'll do a short message and different things going on. Uh, so that'll be really good. So six o'clock uh, next next Sunday. Um, there's still one more parenting workshop shop as well. We've had great feedback um, to those, and there's been a whole number of you uh, connecting with those. Um, and so the final one's going to be um, not tomorrow, but uh, the following Monday um, at eight o'clock. So get yourself signed up for that. And of course, we've kind of got a big plan for January as well. So I'd be encouraged, really encourage you to sign up for the different teams you can be involved in, particularly Kids Church um, and Ignition. You know, if we want this plan's going to work, then you know the more people involved, uh, the the more effective and smoother the plan's going to be. So yeah, if you've got a real feeling, a real heart for Kids Church and Ignition, whether you were on the teams before. Or whether this be your first time then please sign up we'd really appreciate it and you know just believe for good things uh for january so let's you know launch launch strong on the 10th of january when it's kids church ignition and yeah and then um what's happening from the following week you know when we're regathering that, that'd be awesome so yeah so next week yeah next week six o'clock streamed christmas service so hopefully everyone's now joined in that'd be awesome and you know let's just pray thank you god Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're so, so good. You're so, so good. Lord, we just thank you, God, for who you are. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that your heart is so for us. Lord, we thank you for your amazing love for us. Lord, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for your mercy and your grace, your unmerited favour, Lord, upon us. Lord, we're so, so thankful of all, Lord, that you pour upon us. Lord, we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Lord, that's what the Word of God says. Lord, we're so grateful for that. Lord, I pray you just speak into our hearts tonight. Help us all to have open, open hearts, open minds, Lord, to what you want to say. Lord, encourage us, change us, challenge us, do whatever you need to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. So tonight is going to um, be a kind of a second part of what I talked about last week. And we talked about having the right perspective and having a God, godly perspective um, on our situations and on our circumstances. Um, 
you know, and, and just kind of return to the, the vision that was shared by Pastor Andy right at the very beginning of the year. It seems like a very long time ago, was it January? Um, but shared right at the beginning of the year when we talked about 2020 vision. And obviously the year's 2020, we talk about 2020 vision, which is what opticians call it when someone has you know, perfect clarity of, of sight. Um, they call it 2020 vision. We talked about that and, and God wants to give us 2020 vision. He wants us to see things in the right way. He wants us to see things um, you know, the way that he sees them. And yeah, praise God. So that's 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 his heart for us. He wants us to see things with see things with clarity. But the reality is, God's perspective is often different to ours, or different to our own natural perspective. And God, God's desire for us is for our thinking and, and our perspective on situations to come in line with His. We look at Isaiah fifty-five, verse eight to nine. It says, "For my thoughts, this is God speaking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways," declares the Lord. As a height as as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, this isn't a blittling statement from God, as we talked about last week, but this is an invitation from us just to, to you know, to, to kind of come up to God's level in the sense that he wants us to see things the way he sees them. His, 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 the heavens, as high as they are, heaven higher than the earth. As high as the heavens are than the earth. So his ways and his perspective and his, his thoughts about a situation, that's a big difference between where God's thinking up here and where our natural thinking would be down here and God wants us to think in a supernatural way not to be carnally minded but to be but to be spiritually minded amen we walk by faith and, and not by sight as Paul encourages us to do amen so it's God's heart to reveal us things to reveal to us how he sees things as well and for our perspective uh, to line up with with his perspective and last week we looked we, we talked about looking back at 2020 and this highly unusual year that we've uh, found ourselves in and just looking back at 2020 just with, with thankfulness not for obviously there's been lots of you know difficult stuff that's gone on this year and and some people have gone through real difficult situations so it's not to any way kind of just put those things aside or pretend they didn't happen or, or just or just what's happened in our world this year what you see on the news you know people have lost loved ones and people have, you know been in the hospital and those kind of difficult things it's what not to put those things aside but just to thank god for what we have we thank God that we're a Christian. Thank God that we're believers. Thank God that he died for us. Thank God that we're on our way to heaven. Thank God for our families. Thank God for all his provision. Thank God that we have every spiritual blessing in Christ, as we mentioned, as we mentioned earlier. Just have a heart of thankfulness to God. Just to change our perspective about, you know, what's happened in this unusual year. And just have a heart of thankfulness and gratitude to God. So, God, you are just so good. I just thank you, God, for all that you poured into my life. Thank you for every blessing you poured upon me. Thank you for all your provision. I thank you for your amazing peace and your, your mercy and grace and love. You know, we're, we're so, so blessed. Let's have a heart of thankfulness, amen, as we look back over this year. And just kind of moving on from that, so, so this is kind of the second part of what I want to talk about. So it's still about having the right perspective and our perspective uh, lining up, lining up with, um, you know, God's thoughts and God's, God's perspective on situations. Is, is what do we do when we go through difficult times? You know, maybe you're going through some real difficult times um, going through some difficult times right now, and as I just mentioned, obviously this year has been a you know very very unusual year, and you know often in the Bible they they talk about um, you kind of see stories where it talks about things that are difficult and talks about them being like giants in our lives, and I'm going to look at two different two different Old Testament stories, well known stories, but I just want to bring some truths out of them tonight to you just to encourage you this evening about facing giants in our lives. Maybe you've got some situations in your life 
right now and, and they feel like giants. They feel like they're, they're overwhelming. It may be a financial situation or it might be a health situation. It might just be what's going on in the world and you just feel just overwhelmed, you know, by what's going on and what, what's, what you're seeing in the news. And this really follows on very much from what the, the, the great message that Pastor Steve Carey shared, uh, shared this morning as well. But God wants us to have the right perspective. So if you're facing some giants in your life right now, we're not, we're not pretending the giants aren't there. We're not pretending uh, that situations don't exist. That's not healthy or, or correct way of thinking. So we're not pretending things aren't there. But what we are saying is, is God wants you to have the right perspective on your situations. Um, and what is, God's, what is God's heart to do in the situation you find yourself in? What is the victory that God wants to bring um, in the situation? Firstly, God has not abandoned you. Pastor Steve mentioned that this morning. God, God has not let you down. Even if you find yourself in difficult times or you found this year very challenging, God has not abandoned you in any way. God has not let you down. It would go against his very character and his very nature um, to let you down. He, he is more faithful than a brother, the word of God says. You know, he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. He's, he's not capable of letting us down because, as, as I said, that, that would, it would break his character. It would break his, his faithful character and his perfect character of love towards us. Amen. So God has not abandoned us. Amen. So God wants to change our thinking and change our perspective. If you're finding yourselves in difficult times right now, or maybe, maybe you will in the future, I'm not prophesying negatively over you, of course, you know, but it might just be a reality. You find yourself in some challenging circumstances. God wants to bring a victory in those circumstances, those, those giants that you may face. And, and God wants to bring the victory, but it starts with changing God changing our perspective and our thought processes um, about what those situations look like because how God sees those situations. Because the way God sees situations and, and giants is totally different to how in the natural we can look at those situations. Now, one of my favourite uh, movies um, came out in 1995. Pastor Steve, again, spoke about his favourite movie, one of his favourite movies as a child this morning about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I'm talking about a different movie. And one of my favourite movies from 1995 um, is Apollo 13. And maybe you may know the movie. And Apollo 13 is, is a true story about what happened in 1970. Um, on one of the Apollo rockets, so Apollo 11 is the first one that landed on the moon, so it was two after that, so the Apollo 12 and Apollo 13, and basically it was, they had a kind of a disaster um, when they were orbiting uh, the moon, and it easily could have gone horribly wrong, and all three astronauts could easily have died, and there's some, they just did some incredible stuff, um, kind of very ingenious, um, you know, to get to get the guys home, and they had to kind of build some things in the spaceship, they didn't really know what they were doing, this being guided from, from the ground, and just did amazing things, and and you know, thankfully they all got, got home. But anyway, I just wanted to share a quote from that because this just, just fits in with what I was saying about perspective change you know, and your know, perspective on the situation. There's one situation in there where, the, where they're coming towards to home and it's still very kind of touch and go, this basis to whether they're going to survive or not. Um, you know, whether the rocket's going to explode or whether they have enough fuel or it's freezing cold in the rocket because they've all got all sorts of problems with the electrics, all sorts of things. Are the three astronauts going to survive? And one of the directors of NASA says this, it said, this could be the worst disaster that NASA has ever experienced. It just kind of makes that statement. And then, and then the kind of the overall guy, a guy called Gene Krantz, who's a real person, um, obviously an actor in the movie, but he was a, based on a real person. He says this, so this guy says, this could be the worst disaster that NASA has ever experienced. But his response, and he was kind of the overall, kind of overall uh, person leading uh, kind of the whole, whole space mission. He says this, with all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. 
So there's one person kind of a very negative situation. This is going to be an absolute disaster. This is going to be all over the news. This is going to be the worst disaster that NASA has ever experienced. But kind of the overall, uh, um, the overall guy leading the whole mission, Gene Kranz, said, no, with all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be NASA's finest hour. So it's two people looking at the same situation, but radically different perspectives as um, of what the situation was at and what the outcome of the situation was going to be. One was very negative and one was very positive. You kind of put it in a Christian sense. One was expecting the worst and one was expecting the best. And expecting the best is basically what we call faith, isn't it? That is expecting the best. It's believing God for the best. It's believing God for the best outcome. It's trusting God and believing that in the situation that we find ourselves in, then God is, is going to bring us through and is going to bring a great victory. So I believe that God wants us to line up with his thinking. His, his thinking is always, is always for the best. Now, of course, God is the Alpha and Omega, and he knows he is the end and the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. So he knows how the situation is going to play out when he, when he looks at it. So when he, that's, that's where, again, God is encouraging our thinking to line up with his thinking. The way he looks at, at giants and circumstances we can face in our life is totally different uh, to us. So let's have a look at a couple of stories about people who faced, faced giants in their lives and kind of how they reacted to them and what we can, what we can, learn, um, what we can learn from that. So the first story I want to look at, well-known one, is David and Goliath. David and, and Goliath, um, where, where David faces a giant uh, called Goliath. And, and the background to the story is, is uh, David, who at this time was just, was just a shepherd. I say just a shepherd. Um, God taught him a lot through being a shepherd, but it's kind of quite a looked, uh, it's kind of quite a low job at the time. It's kind of very much looked down, but like the shepherd was like the lowest of the low. You couldn't really do anything better. Uh, so you better be a shepherd <laughs> and um and at the stage he was probably just in his late teens that's what scholars say maybe 18 19 or potentially even younger than that um but certainly in his in his late teens around that age and there's this guy called goliath um who's from the philistines philistine um, army and he's basically coming out every day and basically goading the israelite army and basically saying i'm going to destroy you and you know, and you know your your army is going to be routed. It's going to be the end of Israel, and the Philistines are going to be victorious. And he was a tall guy, um, in um, kind of arm measurements. He'd be about nine foot tall. So he he was a literal giant. And there's a real interesting encounter that happens here. And I believe there's so much we can learn from this because David had a great perspective on the situation. So I'm just going to read some stuff from scriptures. This is it's recorded in one Samuel 17. It says this. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in the span, so that's about nine feet in English. Um, he had a bronze helmet on his head and he wore a coat of scale armour of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. So this is a big guy. He's a big guy and he's got big armour. And, and to the Israelite army, this, this guy Goliath, he was absolutely terrifying. And, 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 you know, they, you know, they just, just, just kind of scared witless by him. And then verse 8 says, Goliath stood and shouted the ranks of Israel, Why do you come up and line up for battle? Come out and line for battle. I'm not a Philist Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man, have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you'll become our subjects and serve us. And the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man, let us fight each other. On hearing these words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. So Saul was the current 
king at that time. And, and even the king was absolutely dismayed. He was discouraged. He thought they're going to lose. And he, he was terrified uh, by this guy, Goliath, by, by this giant. And he was literally goading Israel. And basically saying, I'm going to destroy you. You kind of, someone kind of take me on, you know, but, you know, if, if they're able to kill me, I'll become your subjects. But if I can kill the guy who comes and fights me, I'll become our subject. You'll become our subjects and serve us. And that's how confident Goliath was that he was going to win. So, so you kind of got David in this situation. I mean, his late teens, he's, he, he's a shepherd. Some of his brothers um, are in the army. This is before David becomes, becomes a king, but we know there's a, there's a calling upon his life. As we kind of know the end of the story, there's a calling upon his life uh, to be the king. So it says, uh, verse 17, Early in the morning, David left his flock in the care of his shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed his, his dad, asked, dad, Jesse, had asked him to do some things. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. And as he was talking, then, then Goliath um, came out and shouted his usual defiance. Now, David then, but so David is, is kind of a man of a different spirit. And this is just kind of what, this is what I really want to get across uh, this evening about, about having the right perspective so David starts asking the men standing near him what's going to be done for the man who kills this Philistine who is this uncircumcised Philistine you know bringing the fact he's uncircumcised meaning he's not a person of covenant he's not in covenant with God because that's what circumcision represented at the time who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of a living God now David had a completely different different attitude so verse 32 David then says to Saul who's the king that no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, your servant, me, will go and fight him. Um, basically, Saul then says, well, I don't think you're able to do that. <laughs> you're, you're a young man. He's a big warrior. David says this, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went out. I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of a living God. The same God, the Lord, who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. So David was so confident in this situation about facing this giant because of the previous victories he'd already seen in his life. And this is a great, just encouraging, just encouragement to you know to think about the victories you've already had in your life to look back on what god's already done for you because david could look back on situations as a shepherd he'd had to deal with lions and bears i know they're not in israel now but they, they were at the time they would have been running wild and would have been after the sheep and and god god had helped david you know to to defeat the lion and defeat bears to stop them from getting to his sheep and David was basically saying here, no, the same God, if he can deal with the lion and he can deal with the bear, then there's nothing my God cannot do. He can deal with this uncircumcised Philistine. He's not a man of covenant and he's defying the armies of the living God. Basically, who in the world does he think he is? So David was relying on God's faithfulness. He was so confident that God will do it, do it again. There's a song that we um, sometimes sing, um, sung in church in the past, a song uh, written by Elevation, sorry. It says, I've seen you move the mountains and I know that you will do it again. 
And that's what it's, what it's talking about. I've seen what you've done before. I've seen the mountains that you've dealt with, or, or to use uh, what we're talking about tonight, the same analogy. I've seen the giants that you've moved before. I've seen the giants that you've defeated before in my life. I believe and I know that you're going to do it again. And that's the angle that, that David was coming from. Amen. So I just want to encourage you with that. To think about the victories you've already seen in your life. Think about what God's done in your past. You know, if he was faithful then, he's still going to be faithful now. Amen? And maybe you've been a long time kind of facing this giant. Maybe it feels like, like with Goliath, maybe it feels like the devil's goading you and, and, and coming out every day basically saying, I'm going to defeat you, I'm going to destroy you, this sickness is going to destroy you, this financial situation is going to destroy you, this job situation is going to, is going to destroy you, this, this, you know, this, this family situation is, is, is going to destroy you. But let's rise up in faith. Amen. Let's believe this is going to be our finest hour in God. This is not going to be a massive defeat. This is going to be our finest hour in God. Just like, you know, we talked about in Apollo 13. This is going to be our finest hour, not because of anything we've done. But all we're doing is responding in faith. It's God doing the, doing the hard bit. But we're just responding in faith to God saying, God, we believe this is what you can do. So David had an incredible victory. And in verses 40 to 53, you can read about you know, how he got his sling and the five stones and, and Goliath is completely defeated. And David just goes out to Goliath, who's so confident. Verse 47, he says, All those gathered here, or gathered those watching, will know it's not by sword or spear that the Lord says. So the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Amen. And he gets a stone and, and in his sling and, and, and hits Goliath in the head, and Goliath falls to the ground, and David cuts his head off, and the whole army is completely routed. It's an amazing victory for Israel. But it all started with David having the right perspective. Knowing that he could trust God, knowing how he'd been able to trust God because of what he'd already done in his past. And that he was faithful and he was faithful to do it again, to see this giant defeated. And the reality is anyone watching could have done what David did. And of course, we know there was a calling and anointing upon David because ultimately he was going to end up being, being the king. But kind of putting, even putting that aside, anybody could have done what David did. He just had the correct perspective. He was not letting fear and anxiety enter his heart. He was responding in, in the right way. He wasn't believing for the worst. He was expecting the best in God. Amen. So he, so he saw an incredible victory. The time, time's going quick. I'm going to come on to our second story. And it's the story of Joshua and Caleb. So the context of this story is the Israelites have, have come out of the uh, come out of Egypt. And I'm sure you all know the story, of course, of the ten, 10 plagues. And eventually Pharaoh lets them go. And so there's lots of miracles that take place. And so they've been in slavery for, for 400 years. Um, and you know, Pharaoh eventually lets them go because of the miracles that, that God does. And then they miraculously cross the Red Sea as well. He parts the waters and they're able to get, get through that. And they kind of find themselves at this stage, where we're reading from Numbers 13, at this, this stage, they're, they're about to enter the Promised Land about to enter the promised land. It was a promise given right back to Abraham uh, initially, how his descendants would be as numerous as, as, a, as the stars in the sky and, and as numerous as sand on the seashore. And the tongue twister, that one, as numerous as, as the um, sand on the seashore. Um, but also God talked about a promised land that they were gonna have and a land flowing with milk and honey. So it'd been a, it'd been a promise for, for hundreds of years and, and it was about to be fulfilled. So they kind of find themselves, well, it doesn't end up being fulfilled. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute, but it was God's heart for it to be fulfilled at this, at this stage. And it ends up happening uh, quite a few years later. But, but what happens here, so you kind of, Moses, who's the leader of the Israelites, of course, he's the one who led them out of Egypt. 
and and then he picks Moses picks 12 guys and he says basically go out into this land this land that God has promised us and basically basically like a recon mission basically like a recon recon team um, it would be in, a, in, a, in an army sense and kind of sent them there just to, just to kind of just weigh up just see what the land's like see where they need to go or maybe see where they need to go first or what's the best way what's the best way into the land and all that kind of stuff and who who's there what's there and what cities are there is it fortified and all that kind of stuff and and to look at all the good stuff as well what fruit is there there what can we live on all that kind of stuff so numbers 13 verse 17 to 25 says this when moses sent them so that's the 12 spies to explore Cain, he said go through the negev and onto the into the hill country see what the land is like where the people who live there are strong or weak few or many so what kind of land do they live in is it good or bad what kind of towns do they live in are they unwalled or fortified how is the soil is it fertile or poor are there trees in it or not do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land so it's just so send them on this recon mission and they bring back some a massive cluster of grapes and yeah and it's all kind of all looking good but then then some interesting things happen, verse, verse, uh, verse 26. So they come back to Moses and Aaron, the whole Israelite community. There they reported them, the whole assembly, and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you send us, it does flow with milk and honey. Sounds like a very sticky, slippery place. <laughs> um, here is its fruit, verse 28. But the people who live there, this is really interesting what happens here, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there, and 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 Anak was a descendant of the the Nephilim, so they were like some some giants basically, as well. So Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites, and all the otherites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live in the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, "We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it." And then basically the other ten spies and basically a bad report there. All the people were of great size, says verse 32. We saw the Nephilim there, the sins of Anak. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. So there's two totally different attitudes here. So God has had this great promise of the promised land, the promise going right back to Abraham. And here they were on the cusp of going into the promised land, his land flowing with milk and honey. And Joshua and Caleb, in the Bible, calls them men of a different, uh, in, in the book of Joshua, calls them men of a different spirit. They had a different heart and they had a different perspective. Because they were carrying God's perspective on the situation. They knew this was God's very promise to take them into this land. Even if there were giants, and I'm sure they were exaggerating to say we look like grasshoppers compared to them. You know, they weren't like 50 feet tall. No, I'm sure that's an exaggeration. But maybe there were giants there. But Joshua and Caleb had a totally different attitude. Because they, they knew what God can do. And again, they could look back, just like David could look back and say, no, God who, who, who saved me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear and saved my sheep from the lion and the bear... If he can do that once, then he can do that again. And the Israelites were in a situation where God had miraculously done his ten plagues and, and brought them through the Red Sea. And they all thought they were going to die at the edge of the Red Sea. And God had an amazing miracle to part the sea. If God could do all that, then, then a giant's nothing to him. He's already defeated loads of giants. The Pharaoh and his entire army was, was destroyed in, in, the, in the Red Sea. And their enemies were completely destroyed uh, forever. All those particular, particular enemies, you know, in that whole situation. So if God can do it then, he can do it again. So Joshua and Caleb, just like David was, he was, was carrying that in his heart. If God's done it before, then he's faithful to do it again. There's, there's no giant that's too big you know, for God to defeat. There's no situation too difficult for God to bring victory. It doesn't matter how fortified it might look, if there's castles and big walls and, and all those kind of things and forts. 
Well, that's nothing compared to God. He just brought us through the Red Sea. He just miraculously brought us out of the land of Egypt. Amen. So you have two completely different attitudes. Numbers 14, verse 1 to 9, just continuing, it says this. So that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. So this is in response to the bad, bad report from the ten spies. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. So you can see that the, the, this kind of this uh, spirit is catching, this spirit of negativity, the spirit of basically everything that's going to go wrong well, it was kind of catching. If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? They said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. You've got to feel for Moses <laughs> kind of dealing with these dealing with these uh, difficult people. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, so the two who had the great report of believing for God's best, who were among those who explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone. The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Isn't that amazing just how completely different their attitude is? So again, any of the ten spies, or in fact even any of the mass, mass of thousands and millions of Israelites who were kind of uh, you know, there at the stage, any of them could have had the same attitude as Joshua and Caleb. Any of them could have done the same thing and responded in the same way, but they were people of different spirit, because they had a totally different perspective on the situation. They'd seen what God had done, and they were still carrying that in their hearts. And if God could do that once, then he could do that again. And he could see these giants defeated, these, the, the Nephilim, the, the descendants of Anak, who were kind of these feared, feared group of people. God would see those giants destroyed once and for all. God would bring some incredible victories. If they would just step out in faith, it's not going to be a disaster for them. Go back to Apollo 13, the movie. It's not going to be a disaster. It's going to be their finest hour. This could be the Israelites' finest hour. As we go in with faith and go in with, with God going before us, what victory can we not see? Amen? This is going to be a finest hour, you know, because of our faith in God and our trust in God. God is going to do bring some immense victories. So if they have total confidence in that. Now, if you know the story, sadly, because of these 10 spies and their bad report and the Israelites almost completely infected, um, poisoned by that bad report and, and, and kind of responding in fear rather than in faith, then the victory... The, the um, entrance to the promised land and the ultimate victory actually ends up happening 40 years later. And, and that whole generation, as the Bible said, passed, passed away because they just wouldn't trust God. And Moses himself, um, who'd been a leader at that time, passes away and it, lead, it falls to Joshua, who's here at this stage, you know, rising up in faith. He's ready to go and it ends up being Joshua 40 years later, leads him into the promised land. And as they do that, there's victory after victory after victory after victory. Amen. That, that, that God does. Well, they were just in impossible situations where God just does, you know, just God makes things possible that would be impossible. They find them in such difficult situations. There's times when they're outnumbered. There's times when they go around cities and with like Jericho, the first city um, that, that God gives them. And they just march around it and God tells them just to shout and march around for seven days. And the walls literally just fall down. They don't have to scale the walls. They don't have to have massive armaments. God just makes the walls fall down. You know, when, when you believe in faith, when you, when you trust God, that's, that's what God can do in situations. He's looking for people who would respond with a heart of faith towards him. Amen. 
So we've seen these two accounts. David faced the giant of Goliath, knew what God had done in his past, knew that God would do it again. Maybe it's a, maybe Goliath's an even bigger giant in his face so far, but if God was faithful to was faithful then, he's going to be faithful now. I've seen you move the mountains, you can do it again. This is going to be my finest hour in God. And Joshua and Caleb faced the giants of the descendants of Anak, the, the giants of the Nephilim. He, they were facing them, but they responded in faith. They knew what God had done before. They knew that God would do miracles again, and these giants would ultimately totally be defeated. So I just want to encourage you with that. And maybe some giants you're facing in your life right now to go back to what we said at the beginning. God wants you to have the right perspective, to have a, a supernatural perspective, to have a godly perspective, not, not a natural or a carnal perspective about your situations. You know, we, we've, talked, we've talked a lot, of, didn't we? we spent 10 weeks talking about the fruit of the Spirit and the fact that we're not normal people, meaning that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. We're spiritual people. We, we've been made spiritually alive. Amen. That we, re we realize that what is unseen is, is more real than what is actually seen as a whole kind of spiritual dynamic going on uh, behind the scenes. We're not, we're not guided just by what we see with our eyes. We just trust God. We walk by faith and, and not by sight. So God wants you to have the right perspective about your situations. That's what God wants to speak into your heart this evening. Is that God can bring the victory. That he is so, so faithful. He's brought victories in your past. Just I'd encourage you to think about that and just, just to kind of meditate on that, what God's already done in your life and what he's done in your past. Has he ever let you down? Well, no, is the answer to that question. And he's not going to let you get down again. Man, his character and his nature have not changed. Maybe you're facing bigger giants than you've ever faced before, just like David was. He hadn't faced a giant like this before. This was even more than like a lion or, or, a, you know, or a bear. And, and the Israelites, Joshua and Caleb, hadn't faced um, giants like this before. And all the amazing miracles that God had done, this was kind of on a whole another level. But they were so confident that God was going to bring the victory because they had the right perspective. They allowed God to change their thinking. They were looking at it with spiritual eyes, not the carnal, natural eyes. Amen. And, you know, I believe that in the situation you find yourself in, and it may take a bit of time and it may not be, it may not instantly change. But I, do I believe that your giants are going to be defeated? Absolutely. I just encourage you to rise up in faith this evening. To rise up in faith as we go into a new year and believe God for the impossible. That he's the God of Ephesians 3.20. Pastor Steve talked about this morning. He could do immeasurably more than all that we can ask or imagine. Do we believe that? Amen. And those giants that you're facing in your life right now, that God is going to see them broken, is going to see them destroyed, is going to see them killed and gone and once and for all. This is not going to be a disaster. Going back to Apollo 13 and that quote, this is not going to be a disaster for you. This is not going to be a disaster for your family. This is not going to be a disaster for your finances. This is not going to be a disaster, you know, in your job situation. This is not going to be a disaster in your health. No, this is going to be your finest hour in God. God is going to do some incredible things and God is going to bring an amazing uh, victory in this situation. That his miracle working power, his, his dunamis is, is the Greek word there. We get the word dynamite. His, his miracle working explosive power is going to work through you. And you're going to see those giants destroyed in Jesus' name. Praise God. So let's rise up in faith. Praise God that he's so, so faithful. He's not capable of letting us down. And just what he did for, for David and what he did for Joshua and Caleb and what he's done in your past he will do again. He's still a faithful God and a God that wants to bring victories into your life to see those giants destroyed 
in Jesus' name, but it all starts with us. Of course, it's God doing the impossible stuff, absolutely, but remember the, the supernatural, we often talk about this, that God, the supernatural is God adding his super to our natural. The natural, what we need to do is allow God to change, to change our thinking, to get our thinking lined up. The bit that we, the part that we can play is to get our thinking lined up with how God sees situations and to encourage ourselves and to rise up in faith and just believe God for the impossible. Then as we do that, and he can add his super to our natural prayer about it, declare great things over it. Pastor Steve, again, we talking about that this morning, about declaring the word of God over your life, that he is a God of impossible, that he can do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine, that, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and, and be declaring the word of God over your life be declaring the victories that god desires to bring amen every giant will fall there's a rent collective song we was just singing church isn't it every giant will fall and that's what we're believing for every giant's going to fall in jesus name i just want i just want to pray for you and as, as we pray now just just um you may be facing some giants in your life maybe facing some real difficult situations and you may be feeling like the israelites were with goliath and you may be feeling that, that every day the devil's whispering into your ear, just like Goliath was, and he was trying to almost wind up the Israelites and, and to bring fear and anxiety and, 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 and destruction. Remember, that's what Jesus said about the devil. He comes to steal and kill and destroy. Maybe it feels like that. You're, that you're being stolen from and killed and destroyed. But let's rise up like David. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this, this giant that you're facing in your life? What right have they got to bring victory in your life? They have absolutely no right because you're a child of a living God. You're part of the kingdom of God. You've been brought out of the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Son that he loves. You're a child of the living God and God Almighty is on your side. There's nothing more that you need than that. And he wants to bring a great victory in this situation. Amen. Or just like Joshua and Caleb as well and, and the giants that they faced. God wants to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. God wants you just to, just to grow in him and to, to bless your life. Bring you to a place of favour. It's called a land flowing with milk and honey, the promised promise land. You know, and there may be some giants that you need to face in your life and, and deal with in your life. But God wants you to, wants those, those giants defeated in Jesus' name. And to see those situations broken. So let's just be, just declare that now. Thank you, God. Thank you, you're so, so faithful. Lord, you're the same God, Lord, that served David. You're the same God that served Joshua and served Caleb. Lord, and we want to be a people, Lord, Lord, that carry that same heart, Lord, that have the right perspective, that have 2020 vision, that have, have our, the correct vision about our situations, have the correct perspective, Lord God. We want to see situations, Lord, the way you see situations. Lord, we thank you that nothing is impossible for you. You can do immeasurably more, all that we can ask or imagine. What may be impossible with man, Lord, is possible with you, Lord God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the truth of that, Lord God. Lord, we just pray, Lord, for giants that people may be facing in their lives. Maybe they're facing financial giants. Maybe they're facing health giants, Lord God. Maybe they're facing family situation giants, Lord God. Maybe they're facing uh, giants in kind of their job situation, Lord God. Lord, maybe they're facing giants in terms of anxiety. Maybe, Lord, maybe they're facing the giant of just struggling with, with all that's happened in 2020 and all that we've seen around us or, or just the way they've dealt with it. Maybe they're feeling, facing giants in their mental health, Lord God. Lord, we just stand against every giant in the mighty name of Jesus. We say giants be destroyed in Jesus' name. You have no right to defy those of the living God. Just like, just like the, the Philistine Goliath had no right to defy the armies of the living God, these giants have no right to defy you and defy us as children of God. And we say armies be defeated in the mighty name of Jesus. 
go in Jesus' name. We say, devil, you have no right. You have no authority over our lives. We say, be gone in Jesus' name. We resist you and you must flee, as scripture says. We say, giants be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we've seen what you've done in the past. We know your faithfulness. You know you will do it again. Lord, we believe you for the impossible. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, these giants are going to fall in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we believe you for breakthrough. Do what only you can do. You speak against every giant in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I trust that's really encouraged you this morning. Let's be people, uh, this morning, this evening, uh, let's be people of faith that rise up. You know, other people are responsible for themselves. Whatever anyone else does, I mean, we hope everyone's responding to faith, of course, but whatever anyone else is doing, they got on their own journey with God. But for us, we can only be responsible for ourselves. Let's be people of faith, like David, like Joshua and Caleb. Even if there's some other people giving a bad report, like Joshua and Caleb had to face and, and had to deal with, let's be people of a great report and believe God for the apostle. If God said it, it's going to happen. If God said this is a victory that's going to, that's, that's going to happen, then, then of course it's going to happen. If God said those giants are going to fall, in Jesus' name, then those giants are going to fall. Amen. Let's just respond in faith and praise God that he's just so, so faithful. Amen. The same God of David and Joshua and Caleb is the God that we serve. Amen. Isn't that encouraging? Well, I trust you will have a great week. And don't forget, next week there's no Sunday night local, but we have got our streamed Waterside Christmas service next week. So really looking forward to worshiping you uh, practicing hard for that and there's going to be some carols you can join in with as well at home so it's going to be really good that's going to be it'll be 45 minutes to an hour kind of max um encourage your kids to you know watch with your children uh children as well and just have a kind of a nice Christmassy time um together and just focusing on what christmas is truly all about and then the birth of the baby that was going to die on a cross for us you know so that we can have life and life more abundantly praise god for that so you'll yeah, be talking about that and focusing on that next week so it's going to be six o'clock um, next uh, next Sunday, as soon as I've got the YouTube link, um, I'll send that out. I'll send it out to you. And of course, you can watch it later if you're not able to watch watch live. But yeah, it's great to connect with you. See, have a great week. We're praying for you. We we love you, and yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye.